are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. By the end, I was like, just like, legit like rocking my whole chair. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. I started wrestling in 2014. Back then, it was just a hobby, and I only had one goal to fulfill my childhood dream of stepping into a ring. Now, almost four years later, and after a lot of hard work and overcoming many obstacles, I've accomplished something that didn't even seem possible at first, make wrestling my full-time job. Spanish wrestling is more popular than ever, both inside and outside of our country. And I think that comes with a responsibility. I want to carry the banner for our scene on the global stage, but if I want to do that, I need to be able to represent my own self in the first place. That's the reason why, starting today, I'll leave the name Adam Chase behind. Please welcome Carlos Romo. Carlos, Romo, how are you doing? Hello, I'm okay, how are you? All is good here, thank you. Well, all good considering. Um, yeah, I, exactly. A lot of wrestling fans... Mm-hmm. They may know you as Carlos Roma, but they may know you as another name. Uh, yeah, well, it was like maybe like a year and a half ago, something like that. Like, to be honest, I sometimes forget that I was called differently. So I used to go by the name of Adam Chase. Uh, what made you change from Adam Chase to Carlos Robo? Well, uh, so I am Spanish in case whoever's listening doesn't know. And... We used to, when I got the Adam Chase name, I was only wrestling in Spain. So at the time, like, it was just a hobby, and I had just started wrestling, and it sounded cool to me. So I was like, yeah, I'll get Adam Chase. Like, they, I came from an even previous name that was given to me, which was Project A. So they asked me to for something to start with, like, an A. So I was like, okay, I'll take that. But then we started coming to wrestle in the UK, and people would approach us and merge and would be like, where are you guys from? And I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, the fact that you're asking me is probably pretty bad. Uh, and like, in a world where like, having something different and unique is very important, I wasn't getting like, making any advantages of like, 
being Spanish. So like, yeah, I definitely need to like change my name to something that like really represents me and something I can, I can identify with. What people may not know about you as well, Carlos, uh, which is very yeah. useful uh, in these times of isolation and, and social distancing and just reasons to be cheerful. You play a mean guitar. I do play guitar, yeah. <laughs> when did you start playing guitar? Very long ago. I was probably like seven or eight, but like I was never like really constant or like re never really like practice as much as I should. So like by this time I should be an incredible guitar player, but I'm definitely not. I'm just okay. And like for the last like four or five years, something like that, like I haven't really played. Like if anything, I would grab the guitar like once every like three or four months. But now that like I'm here in the UK and like social distancing is coming, like I can see myself like starting to play a bit more often. I'm enjoying it. I wonder whether this is during this time. It's like the the rise of the the online streamer. I'm excited for uh, Carlos Romo gigs via the internet. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a chance. That's a chance. Oh, get in. We are sending you on a metaphorical desert island, Carlos Romo. And before we do. We are asking you to pick three wrestling matches that you could happily watch whilst you are on said desert island. What would your first match uh, be if you could choose three matches, Carlos? Mm, okay, my first match, I'm going to do them in chronological order. That's fine. My first match would be Brian Danielson versus Takeshi Morishima from Manhattan Mayhem 2, I think it is. Brian Danielson may very well be what he says he is, the best wrestler in the world, but he is giving up an awful lot of size and power to the ROH World Champion. You might say he is the best in the world, but to truly back that up, he needs the championship belt once again around his waist. That was discovered to me by A-Kid. A-Kid started showing me all like the Danielson ROH era. And it just like felt completely different than I had ever watched. Uh, it was it was just like a shock, and I remember like seeing Morishima, which I had I like knew nothing about by the time. This was where, like I just started training. Like I was probably like maybe like a year into training, something like that. Um, and keep in mind that like Spain is a big and like wrestling culture. Or, like, I had nobody in, like, my circle of friends that like wrestling. So, like, everything I had, like, everything I found, it was, like, just through I could find on the internet. Like, I had, the only friends I had that could show me wrestling was, like, people at training. And Akid was the one that, like, knew a bit more. Or Thayas knew a bit more, too. So, he just showed me, like, the dinosaur era. And, like, I just watched that. And I remember, like, watching, 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 you know, and, like, just getting hyped with anything that happened, like, the moment, like, Danielson finally, finally, like, kicks Morishima's leg and he, like, bumps and the place explodes. He's like, oh, wrestling! Ah! <laughs> it's great when a match like that just allows you to suspend your disbelief. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I love when matches, like, can take me, like... I try to, when I watch those kind of matches, I try to watch as a fan. I do watch them as a wrestler to analyze them and learn from them. But sometimes I like try to like zone myself out, and with these three matches, like I had those moments. I think that's one of the reasons why I chose them. And yeah, that, this definitely happened. <laughs> it's incredible! It's an incredible match uh, that that holds up even today. Like Takeshi Morishima, uh, this monster up against Brian Danielson. 
the the plucky underdog something he's played all his life pretty much uh, it looks so good. You said you were training when you were watching this match. I wasn't. I wasn't like at training session, but like I was already starting to train as a wrestler. The Spanish wrestling world isn't one that is massively known uh, in, across the world, but someone like you is is bringing it back to to uh, is, is making people more aware of it. When you were growing up uh, as uh, as a wrestling fan, who were your your icons from Spanish wrestling? There were no, like, there were none. The, the only one, and, like, people, like, tried to make him as one of our own because there was, like, nobody, was Kane. Because Kane, some people, like, everybody in Spain knows it, but not many people outside of Spain know it. He was born in, like, a military base in Madrid. Ah, so, yeah, I, I guess that's the, that makes a Spanish connection. Yeah, so everybody was, like, whenever they found out, I remember, like, the first live tour, so they started, like, airing SmackDown again, like, 2006, something like that. They did one live tour, and not many people knew he was born in Madrid. But then, like, they did the second tour, and everybody was aware. And I remember, like, the second tour, he was main eventing, and everybody had, like, signs of, like, hometown Kane and everything, which, like, he wasn't. Like, he was just <laughs> born in the military base, but he's, like, a U.S. citizen. But everybody was like, yeah, he's one of our own, yeah. But that says, had, like, that yeah. says, as you say, how, how lacking there was in those Spanish wrestling heroes, that Kane was oh, your yeah. adopted hero. Absolutely. Like, when I started watching, it was like, okay, like, I don't think this is something you can actually do. Like, I watched it, and I, was, I saw, like, the don't try this at home thing and whatever, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess, like, this is, like, people training in some secret facility in the UK, in the US, sorry, but it's not something, like, we can do. What was the... Thought, um, like, sorry, go no, no, I thought it was just like not possible. <laughs> so that you genuinely just thought this is this is just something that happens in America. This doesn't happen to people from Spain. When did you realize that wasn't the case? Um, so I met a friend at a concert, and we had each other on Facebook. And I had just like just moved to Madrid, so I was like pretty bored. I still didn't have even like internet at home and anything. And like I took a big break from watching wrestling, but I had. I came back to watching like maybe between six months and a year before that happened. Um, so yeah, I met this guy and then like he starts posting pictures of him wrestling. I'm like, wait, what? And then like he shares a post from White Wolf Wrestling with, where they say like, uh, we just moved uh, to a new training facility. So we have now spaces open if you want to train. And I was like, you know what, like, I am at home here, I am bored as hell. Um, I didn't think about it, like, in the long run, but I was like, this is one of the things I want to do before I die. So at least I'm going to go to one training session with, like, no expectations, and I'll just go there and see what happens. And, and if it's too much for me or if I can do it or whatever, I'll just say thank you to everyone and I'll go home, and that's fine, but I've, I've got it out of my system. That first training session, uh, talk to us about it. Like, how did it make you feel when you were there? You know what? It made me feel great. Because, like, so I was, whenever I played sports, I played sports all my life. Like, I was always, like, very, like, complaining, let's say. Like, if people, like, hit me a little bit, I, like, I wouldn't be a guy that took impact really well. Okay? Mm. Um, 
Maradini didn't even let me play football because it was like, no, if they tackle you as hard as we see people tackle each other, you're going to complain like loads. Like, you're not made for that. I was like, okay, you say that? Okay. So, yeah, one day I was like, uh, you know, like, I'm just going to give you my 100%. Like, there's no, like, there's no point in me, like, how fast in bumping or, or whatever. So, like, I just went hard on all the bumps or went hard on everything. And it was like, oh, I think I can actually take this. Like, it hurts, but like, I think I can take this. I don't know if it's the adrenaline or what. And I seem to be doing well. Like all the trainers like went and asked me, like, you're kidding. Like you've trained before. I was like, no, like never in my life. I couldn't even do a fucking role like a few years ago. <laughs> and they were like, well, you seem like you have. And like, they just like motivated me. And like, I seem to be doing well. And like, I could, I felt like my body could take it. So I was like, you know what, like, I love this. And then, like, they gave me, like, at the end of the training, like, the small little pill, like, to give, to hook me back, like, okay, I will show you how to do a suplex. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is so cool. <laughs> um, and, yeah, came back. <laughs> it's, that says everything, doesn't it, that uh, you, you took all those big moves and you were like, love this, definitely coming back again. <laughs> Can you remember the the first time you put it all together in a match but whether that be in the training school or whether that would be um actually on a show uh, can you remember when that happened yeah dude um it's a bit so it's a bit weird because like again spain like we like now living in the uk like i feel like we all have like the the image of seeing um great schools run by great wrestlers experienced wrestlers uh, in a scene that has been going for many, 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 many years, even with its ups and downs, but it's been there. But in Spain, there was nobody. Like, in Spain, the people who trained me, like, had to, like, fly people from Ireland in to, like, show them the basics, and then they kept them on. Then they just watched TV and imitated. So it wasn't, like, no actual professional wrestlers teaching us. Um, So I remember, like, we did, like, one three-way at a training session which was like okay and then when I made my debut like they didn't they didn't even tell me up till like very short like very close to the show and I was it was like a six on six elimination match (laughs) so I legit like my debut and they didn't even like announce me they just like threw me in a stable without saying anything so like the stable just had one more guy (laughs) uh and yeah, legit, like, did three moves, took one, went home. I think I, like, spent, like, 40 seconds in the ring in my debut. It was great. Hey, hey that'll forever be your debut as well. I want to talk more about uh, the, the wrestling scene in Spain and the, the amazing work that you and others have done to uh, to, to bring it to, to the forefront. We'll talk about that in a short while. But your second match for your DVD. So uh, we've had Brian uh, Danielson versus Takeshi Morishima uh, from Manhattan Mayhem. What's your second match going to be? Uh, my second match is going to be Sami Zayn versus Adrian Neville or Pac now from XC TakeOver. Our Revolution, I think it is. Well, I want you to know that next week you've taken upon your shoulders to consider yourself done if you do not win the NXT Championship. Well, I just want you to know that I thought long and hard about this, and what you do post-match is your prerogative, and I will not be held responsible. That will not be my burden to bear. 
That's good that you've done a lot of thinking because I've done a lot of thinking too and I've been doing a lot of listening to everything you're saying and I gotta say that it's starting to really piss me off. The nerve, the nerve that you're displaying coming out here and saying I'm too nice. I'm too nice to be champion like, like I'm your baby sister or something. Like you gotta tell me how I have to live, how I have to work, how I gotta do what I gotta do. Let me tell you something, I've done pretty well for myself. All right? Whatever I choose to do after the match, whether I decide to walk, whatever I do is based on me and my decisions and my life, and it has nothing to do with you. You don't decide my fate, I do. I didn't mean any disrespect at all. We go back a long way and we've had a long friendship. And above all else, I respect you, Sammy. I respect you probably more than anybody else on the face of this planet. I respect you. And next week, above all else, it will be a privilege and may it will be an absolute honor to stand across the ring from you in what will be undoubtedly the match of our careers. So this was like legit as I, as I just started training, probably like I was like, I th so I'm checking and it's like December 2014, so I was probably like two months into training or like something like that, um, so I was like, I still had like all the fresh fun vibes, um, and like just this, the whole story they played throughout the whole arc with Sami Zayn and like his redemption and him not being able to like get the big title, like um, Neville and him being friends, but then like him pushing him to the limit and how well, like it's just like how well they played everything. And obviously they're two incredible professional wrestlers. Uh, it's just like a very beautiful wrestling match, like from the wrestling aspect, from the story aspect and from... And then obviously like the emotion, like all the turn at the end and everything, it's just, it's just great. And at the time it was like, wow. It felt like um, the, the, the rise of Sami Zayn, which I love. And I think a lot of people now who've just started watching wrestling recently, Carlos, will see Sami Zayn as just this, uh, this, this, uh, this, this chicken heel manager. But you and I both know that like he is so much more than that. Wow, he's incredible. And also he's someone that I've like personally liked a lot, like in terms of like music and the stuff he talks about and the way he approaches life and everything. So at the moment, I felt like a great connection to him. And it was great. With that particular match, I think a lot of people will remember the the closing moments of it with uh, Sami Zayn holding up the NXT title, his best friend Kevin Owens there, and that attack uh, that occurred literally as nobody saw nobody saw it coming. They 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 waited and waited and waited and waited and bang, then it happened. Uh, in that moment, did it catch you off guard? I don't know if this probably not, but like this is the first time I remember them showing like the logo of like the end of the show. And then taking it off, and that happening after. Oh, it's become WWE's favorite fake out, where they put yeah. the copyright logo in the corner. That's where you like, you yeah. know something's gonna happen now, surely. Yeah, but like at the time, like, if 
I'm sure it would have happened before, but I didn't realize at the time. So at the time I was like, oh, this is done. Oh, it happened. Like, I remember like we even spoke the following day and like Akit turned off the stream because he thought it was done. So he didn't see the turn. Oh, no. He, yeah, he saw the logo and he turned it off. He was like, okay, show's on, cool. <laughs> and then like, I remember like we met, I think we had training like the following morning. <laughs> Like we were at training, and he was like, "Wait, what? What happened? What?" <laughs> oh, you're kidding! Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So that's, that, and I imagine a lot of people would have been caught out in a similar way. Yeah, I reckon. I think we probably even made it like a bit better. I don't know. It was it was great. It was really good. As a wrestler, was there a particular moment from that match that stands out to you? Something that you that resonates with you as a wrestler, and maybe something that you have have implemented or emulated in your own work um i remember the way like when sane gets like the opportunity to hit never with the belt and has like the big moment of hesitation of whether he should do it or not um that like really impacted me like they play it very well and because of this story they had behind it was like super important, like just like all the facial expressions and everything. Like he was being like, "Oh, I can't win, win the big one, but like I have this opportunity here, and like if I hit him with this now, like I have it." But that's not me. Like that's not what I do. So I remember like that hitting me loads, and and it's something that I've like watched and like maybe like tried to apply in some story or some matches, but. I think, like, even if I watched it as a wrestler and studied it as a, studied as a wrestler, it's one of the matches that I've watched most as a fan. Because, like, because when I watched it, I was, like, just a fan. I had, like, maybe eight training sessions, ten training sessions. I don't know. So I was still a fan. Like, we we're all still fans, but I was just a fan by, by then that happened to have trained a few times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Carlos, where there isn't wrestling, people must create their own. Yeah. That is the mantra of White Wolf Wrestling based in Spain. Uh, I, I, I didn't create White Wolf Wrestling. Uh, I joined White Wolf Wrestling when it was already created. It, it was people that like, like the beginnings of White Wolf Wrestling are unbelievable. Um, so like there was like people from Barcelona and people from Madrid that like all just got together and like brought people in to do like seminars and everything. There there was like then like they separated for like some time. So like there was a time where like the Barcelona people and the Madrid people like had like different approaches. Like Madrid created like a different branch, let's say. And Madrid created before White Wolf Wrestling there was something called No Limits Wrestling. No Limits Wrestling actually ran a show in Spain, not even Madrid, like an hour away from Madrid, something like, not like, like maybe ha- half an hour away from Madrid. The first White Wolf show, which was like pre-White Wolf, it wasn't even a White Wolf show, um, had a main event of two people called uh, Claudio Castagnoli versus Chris Hero, which people wouldn't think, but yeah, that's the case. Like, so Cesaro and Cashier Sono, as people might know them now from WWE fame, um, wrestled in front of like 800 kids, like actual running kids, wow. <laughs> uh, in like sports, like hall <laughs> in Spain. And that was like the pre White Wolf. And then like White Wolf started, uh, and they just like kept running on Madrid. They ran free shows. It was like, they were very smart because like, Nobody was a good wrestler <laughs> at the time. Um, and people weren't like huge into wrestling either. So like they knew that if they had to bring people in because of the quality of the wrestling, they weren't going to like bring anyone in. So they found a place where they could do like free entry. They had like a very cheap video. It was like one euro per beer. And they did like some cool storylines and it just got people hooked. So like for the first few years, like, You'd see like most of the White Wolf crowd would be like just White Wolf fans. They didn't necessarily be need to be like wrestling fans. But that comes from a, a obviously you got obviously White Wolf finding a, a desire for wrestling in Spain and and just capitalizing upon it. And uh, it's it's something that that you <clears throat> I know that you were very much flown the flag uh, for White Wolf the first time you and I met. Uh, it was yourself and a kid. Uh, wrestling in Newcastle upon Tyne as Team White Wolf. Yeah, that happened because of like we got like so after da 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 a few years go past. Um, I feel like the wrestling like the quality of wrestling is like starting to get a bit bigger. Like, it was always great. I was starting to get okay, and I had like I was like, Aikid should wrestle in the UK. I told the guys like because they were like very protective because they didn't want like send anyone outside if they wasn't ready. But it was like. Dude, he's wrestled Ricochet and he did great. Like, I think he's ready to wrestle in the UK. And I might not be as ready, but I think I am okay to go through. And, like, Aikid's shy. It's very shy. So 
I was like, but I worked in music industry, so I kind of like knew how to like email people and stuff. And I was like, and I'm not that shy, so I was like, should should we try to go out? Like, are you guys okay with that? And they were like, yeah, 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 okay, let's try. And then we did like one show for uh for like wrestling league, and then we got like the incredible opportunity to do King of Trios. And when we did King of Trios, um, it was like Game of Thrones inspired. So we were called House White Wolf. Takara, this is House White Wolf. I am a kid. This right here is Thayer's. This is Adam Chase. You know what, Takara fans? You know House Strong South? There's this thing that everybody knows. Everybody knows Pete Dunn is the WWE UK champion. Everybody knows Trent Seven, Tyler Bate are the former campeones de parejas. This is just this tiny little thing. No tenéis ni idea de la que os va a caer encima. You have no idea. Os vamos a dar tan fuerte que no hay músico que toque lo que vas a bailar. So there's one thing for sure, British Strong Style. You know nothing. And we had like first round match against British, British Strong Style. Got us like got some eyes on us, and people were like got like familiar with the name of White Wolf, so we just like decided to keep it. Um, and then when we went to North, and like we just kept with Team White Wolf. Yeah, North is great. I love I love North. And we always love having you with us because it's uh, it, it, the first time uh, that. You, uh, and what's amazing is that it's, it's what you guys do by calling yourselves Team White Wolf and doing what you do is that you forever carry the flag, whether it's you, a kid, or both together. Uh, you carry the flag for Spanish wrestling now in so many new places, and that must be a great honor. Yeah, it is. It's it's a bit of a responsibility, but like I'm happy taking that. Like I like it. Uh, with um with White Wolf and uh, your involvement with that, there, do you feel a bit more? Obviously, you weren't there at the beginning, but <clears throat> you were uh, you were part of the training system now. Uh, do you do you are you a bit more of an elder statesman when it comes to White Wolf now? Do you go back and help the new generation coming through? Yeah. So obviously, I moved to the UK like January last year. Um, I stayed away from White Wolf for a little bit because, like, before I moved to UK, I was like heavily involved, like, in like backstage duties. I was never booker. I was never like anything like that. But like, I would just like help on absolutely everything, whether it was like social media, like booking flights for people, um, just like producing matches if they asked me to. I was running training. I was obviously wrestling. There was like. I was just like throwing ideas, whatever, whatever it was. Like I was just like trying to help with absolutely everything I could. So, so it was like, okay, I'm gonna like take a little bit of a break for myself and like just wrestle. And that's like when I came over to UK too. But now, like, um, training school is really growing. And, like, you can see there's like more and more people signing up. So, like, there's like people are starting to be aware that there's wrestling in Spain. They want to train. Um, so right now what I do is like, um, I go once a month for a whole week to Spain and I run the training school for the whole week. Um, we should like try to make it so there's a show. So you should like either do the show and stay for a week after that or like run the training school for a week and then do the show. And then obviously like I'm always open to like, talking to like all my colleagues back in Spain and like if anyone has a message or like sometimes someone will like message me like hey I saw you doing this or like 
hey, we got this match, you have any ideas? And like, I'll always be more than happy because I wish I had that when I was there. Like when I was there, it was all us like trial and error and just trying to find our steps. But I wish I had like that fucking, I'm sorry. That's not good, you're all good. That father figure, like that mentor. It doesn't doesn't necessarily mean to like, mean that I'm going to be the mentor, but like that's someone that can guide them a little bit. Like I wish I had that when I was there, so. But what's what's amazing is that you choose to be the person that you'd like to have met, and it's it's a really strong quality in somebody. Thank you. No, it really, it really is, because so many people in in not just in wrestling but in the world in general, so many people will go, "Well, I didn't have that, so I'm not going to be that." So it takes really special people to decide to be the person they'd like to have bumped into, to basically be, I don't know, the cane of Spanish wrestling. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's that's very strong words but <laughs> as well as taking three wrestling matches with you I like to spring this on the guests uh, to get your immediate like top of your brain answer uh, I'm also going to allow you to take with you a movie an album and a luxury item so something you can have with you to keep you entertained that may not be a wrestling match or a song or a, or a film. Uh, so if you could take a movie with you onto the desert island, Carlos, what would you take? Uh, wow, that's hard. <laughs> uh, probably maybe The Warriors nice. or like Blues Brothers. I was like super in love with the Blues Brothers as a child and like still do. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll probably stick with one of those two. Um, I, I, I know there's something in my mind that is like, no, that one, but like, it's not popping to my mind right now. So. I mean, The Warriors is a great choice. Can you remember the first, yeah, you remember the first time Warriors. that you saw it? Sorry? Can you remember the first time that you saw The Warriors? Yeah, yeah, I do. Like someone gave us like a copy of a DVD at home and like a friend of my dad and we just watched it, and I was like, what is this? Why is everything so cool? Like, I'm in love with every single second of all of this. And it was, like, completely different, again, to, like, anything I ever watched, like, back Shock Valley. Shock Valley is always there. Yeah, okay. And how about an album? What would you take? That's the one that just, like, breaks me. It's like, <laughs> I never took an album. So what I'm going to do is, like, I'm going to go with what I'm listening to right now, because if I had to choose, like, my favorite album of all time i legit just couldn't like nothing would like my brain would like just collapse my brain would just collapse <laughs> um so i'm gonna go with the album i've liked i've liked the most this year so far which is brave faces everyone by spanish love songs why that one what's so obviously you listen to that one right now but what's draw, what drew you to that album in the first place um so um i love all that emo punk rock vibe um and i saw like some friends talking about it also i saw they were supporting the mansingers which is a band i love um and i was like okay from the people that i see talking about this band like i trust their taste in music so i should give them a chance and then like i played one song i was like whoa 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 wait why did i listen to this band before um and yet like i was talking to like Kevin Koo, which is like an American wrestler yesterday, and we were both talking about like how good the album is. It's like incredible. Like it's a very newish band. I think it's like only like their second uh full album, but like I might be wrong. 
but we were saying like there's like no fearless songs and like there's a stretch of like I don't know, like five to seven songs that are like all straight up bangers. Like you get to the end of the album and it's like, oh wait, are we here already? What what the hell? Amazing. Uh, how about a luxury item? Uh, I just bring my guitar because like that would keep me entertained. That's a nice. That's a that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Favorite song to play on the guitar? Wow. Um, this one that. Uh, there's a few. There's one that I played the other day that was really fun. She sounds like Balloons by Biffy Claro. Oh, beautiful song. Yeah, love that. We uh, promise to play it on your Twitter at some point so we can all come and watch. I played it on Instagram the other day. Oh, there but... you go. Even better. It's there already. Yeah. I think it's like on like uh, the featured story, so you can go and check it back there. Uh, yeah, and there, w- there was like there's a, I think it's like Norwegian band called attack uh and they have a song called blue toast that is like incredibly fun to play it's like so 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 much fun just like to jump around and jam and they're like it has like a bit of a shred too so it's like if you want to get a bit techy you have like a little bit but you can also like rock and just headbang to it it's like super fun to play oh amazing third and final match for your dvd carlos so we've had uh, a ring of honor classic uh, from manhattan we've had an nxt classic from full sail university what's your third one and now we're going to japan um it's wrestle kingdom 11 it's omega and okada night that shook the world the main event at wrestle kingdom 11 There was no doubt the two best fighters in the pro wrestling world would give their absolute best, but how close was the ultimate decision? Okada was six months into his fourth reign as IWGP heavyweight champion, a title he's held for nearly the past 18 months. The Rainmaker, wrestling's gold standard, was constantly praised as the best fighter to walk the planet. In the other corner, the first foreign G1 Climax winner, Kenny Omega. Winning the G1 Climax means you get a contract for an IWGP heavyweight title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I have never beat you. I have never wrestled you. But for Omega, it meant more than just a title. You made me sick. Everything you had was given to you given to you by this company. But that's not to say you haven't been a good champion. You have protected Japanese wrestling. He wanted the keys to the company's driver's seat. I am taking the main event of Tokyo Dome and I'm going to take everything that you treasure. 2017, so I hadn't even wrestled in the UK yet. But like, I remember that like, so that one, at that time, I was already fully immersed into, like, independent wrestling. Even New Japan isn't, like, independent, but, like, let's say, like, not, like, alternatives to WWE. Like, I was already, like, way past just knowing WWE. So I was, like, fully immersed into everything. And, like, that was, like, the first Wrestle Kingdom I watched, like, live. Okay. And I was at work. So I was sitting in my office. I had, like, all my work screens open and just like a small tab opened on the side with like wrestle kingdom happening oh watching wrestling on work time big yeah, fan. Yeah, i definitely was yeah 
Uh, did, um, do your employers know that you did that? Or is so we, we don't want to get you in trouble? Yeah, I think they did. I think they did. Because, <laughs> like, like, someone was sitting next to me, and if they didn't know, by the end of the match, they definitely knew. Because, <laughs> like, um, it legit, like, I got so invested in so much, I was, like, legit jumping, like, couldn't help but jump up and down from my seat. Like, I had a friend, like, sitting in front of me, which also was a wrestling fan. And I told him, like, man, I'm watching, like, the craziest match I've seen. Not not the craziest, but it's like, dude, like, I don't know if this is the best match I've seen or not or what, but, like, I am so hyped. Like, you need to watch this when you get home. I was, like, legit, like, live streaming to my friend sitting in front of me. And I was just, like, I was just holding my chair, like, with, like, every false finish and everything. I'd be, like, jumping up and down. I like, just couldn't hold it. Like, the emotion, like, just talking about it, like, I'm feeling like the emotion I had of that. If you if you saw me right now, like my whole body is like moving because it, it was like that how I felt. Like at first I tried to keep it quiet. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I had like the small pops in myself. But by the end, I was like, just like legit like rocking my whole chair. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have like that very clear memory of loving it at the time. Like they might have done better matches and they might be better matches than these three that I've picked. But like, they have like a connection and I have a memory of watching those and like what they meant to me at the time. So I think you can like, cause wrestling is subjective and we all know when a match is good, but there's those ones that always have like a little extra for you because of whatever reason. Carlos, uh, we know it's a, a really funny old time for wrestlers at the moment of people in general. So we want to give you the floor just to tell everybody where you are, what you do, where you can buy merch, how we can support Carlos Romo. So I am Carlos Romo. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Carlos Romo PW. I have a Facebook called Adam Chase, which I don't use anymore because Facebook doesn't let me change it to Carlos Romo. <laughs> I don't know. I will delete it at some point. I just haven't. I am going to. In fact, I might do it just after we finish this interview. Oh, so, so by the time you're listening, it doesn't exist anymore. It might not even exist yet. We're in a time um, loop at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking the space continuum. <laughs> um, and you can find my merch at carlosrama.bigcartel.com. Uh, please, if you have some spare change, use it. I would appreciate it. If you don't, please save it. There's no need. There's always food first, family first. <laughs> Absolutely. Carlos, uh, we are thank all you. In right now. Thank you so much, Carlos, for being on and for flying the flag for Spanish wrestling, for basically being the, the cane of the 21st century. <laughs> Can you practice your choke slam for next time you're in the ring? Oh yeah, absolutely. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.